Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, UpWest, and Hippo Insurance. Thank you for joining me for our 79th episode with David Tabachnikov, the CEO of Scholarship Owl, where he is fighting student debt by redefining the way American students pay for their education. He and his team have recently launched the Future Minds Fund that allows direct financial support for students through crowdfunded scholarships. Previously, David was a part of Google and Waze, and he is an expert on distributed teams and remote by default companies. He is a dedicated professional and a tech-savvy entrepreneur, bringing humanity and technology closer. David Tabachnikov, good to see you. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you for being on the show. You're actually calling from Serbia, right? Yes. Thank you for having me. And uh, Why Serbia? Why Serbia? Uh, why Serbia? Actually, uh, to be fair, Serbia is basically uh, has been my base after I left Tel Aviv in 2016. And I've been a digital nomad for quite a while. A digital nomad? What does that mean, digital nomad? A digital nomad is somebody who is basically location independent. Somebody who uh, doesn't tie his work or his activities to a specific location um, while doing his, like, most cases, doing his job digitally. So it can be um, the web developers, marketing, teachers. So anything that basically just requires a laptop. Anything, anything that doesn't require you to use your hands to assemble something. Okay, I like that. Yeah. And uh, you're the CEO of Scholarship Owl, and, uh, and you've been doing some pretty incredible work to help uh, a lot, a lot of people around the world um, find scholarships and get proper education. So tell me a little bit about that. And, and what is this world of, of uh, education? All right. So um, I'll start with the, basically the problem. And the problem is that in the U.S., uh, specifically, the education is extremely expensive and substantially more so than in any other country. And in fact, in the past eight years, uh, the cost of tuition has been going eight times faster than the wages. Wow. Um, Okay. Yes. How much are we talking Um, about tangibly here? An average family uh, pays per student $26,000. Per year. That's an average per year, right? And uh, I know cases of seventy and ninety thousand dollars as well. So right, numbers are huge. Yeah. To put that into perspective, a master's degree in the UK is kept by nine thousand pounds. Okay. <laughs> and that's some of the most expensive education in Europe. Interesting. Okay. Um, so why is that? So so why is that though an issue? So yeah, I mean. You can say you want to go to a better university, you're going to have to pay more. Um, are there not options that are that are financially viable for everybody? Is that the issue? So there are all kinds of government programs and there's a subject of student loans as well, which has been talked a lot. Right. And student yes. loans is basically an attempt of the government and private companies to help students pay those high tuition costs. I believe actually that the student debt is the second largest debt in the U.S., if not the most. It is. Yeah. It is. No, it's the second one. It's $1.7 trillion. Trillion dollars. 
billion dollars. It's a big market to go after, David. <laughs> it's more than many countries in the world, right? And uh, uh, it's been going by around $100 billion a year for the Yo. past five years. Crazy. It's crazy numbers. It's crazy numbers. But the thing is that the, the student loan industry, in a way, it's... Uh, uh, it's the one that drives the tuition costs up because the more uh, loans are available, the more money the universities are taking uh, because they know that the students can afford to take more money okay. on loans. Interesting. Um, okay, wait. So what you're, what you're describing here is this vicious cycle where uh, there's more loan programs, whether it's by banks or by government. The universities see that and say, okay, well, actually now every every kid on the block can just go get a loan from the bank, pay it over 30, 40 years. So why don't we just raise the tuition because they're, they can just get a bigger loan and now we're going to, but, and yeah, but it's just vicious, obviously. It's, it's, yeah, but you said it right, every kid on the block. So basically you're telling a 17 year old kid, you know, take, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in loan Crazy. that you will need to pay with huge interest. We're talking like eight to 14% interest huge interest, like, you know, you have no no, um, Insane. Um, no credit history, no other measurement of how will you That's right, that's right. So how do you calculate the interest? And that's how you end up with, a, with very, very high interest. On that. Wow. And you ask that from a 17-year-old kid, like, to make the decision. So of course, he's going to be talking to his parents and so on, but at the end of the day... But it's not it's a fair decision because that kid needs an education. And if this is the only yeah. way to get an education, then it doesn't matter what the interest rate is. Even if it's 20%, you have to do it. Otherwise, you're, you, otherwise yeah. you don't have a chance here. And let's be honest, like, most families do not have $26,000 lying around to per year. Most families don't have $400 to pay in an emergency fund if the car breaks down. I, th I, I heard that in one of my economics classes. I was shocked beyond belief. Exactly. $400 most families don't have is emergency money. I think, you know, I, I just want to decide, like, you know, uh, that we grew up in a considerably more privileged world than, than, you know, 4 billion people here where we can go out to restaurants, we can eat, we can go to university, we can study and we're engineers. Uh, and I think it's sometimes also for me, it's, it's hard to, it's easy to forget that a lot of others don't have these opportunities. And that's why I'm also so excited about what you're doing with Scholarship Out to level the playing field and allow everybody there. Exactly. Now, um, student loans is one, like you said, it's a vicious uh, cycle, a vicious cycle. But um, Part of the money obviously comes, you know, from savings that the parents are saving, beginning the savings programs from when right. the kid is born. Part of that comes from different types of scholarships. And scholarships, there's a few different types. Some of them are institutional scholarships given by the college, by the state, by the government, uh, and so on. And some of them are private, given either by private companies or philanthropy funds, but different organizations which are not related to the uh, education system itself directly. Right. Um, basically, any company can give out or any brand can give out a scholarship. And they do it in many cases either because it's considered a donation, so they get tax breaks on that. Okay. Either because they want to get the message across in different ways. You know, um, you have a scholarship for so not to drink and dive, for example. So they want students to get the message. They offer a scholarship. And what does like that mean? Many, wait, wait. What does that mean? A scholarship with the conception of don't drink and drive. 
basically, like uh, in order to apply to many of those scholarships, you need to to do something to actually apply. In many cases, it can be either an essay or right. uh, an. That's what the students have to do. Hmm? The students apply. The students write the essay or fill out the application. Exactly. Right? Yes, but the the organization that offers the scholarship decides what the requirements are going to be. Okay. So if your organization that tries to fight accidents caused by the down uh, drivers, you can make the scholarship um, like the requirement for the scholarship to write an essay on why drinking and diving is bad. Okay. Which it. means the students will need to research that, learn about it, write an essay about it. And they get the message across. That makes sense. Okay. And unlike just putting a TV ad or something saying, you know, don't drink and dive, making a scholarship for that causes the student to get to you to, to kill your message. Right. Actually, you know, internalize the message. Sure. sure. Uh, so that's kind of one side of, uh, of that equation. The other side is that this scholarship in the end goes to a student. In most cases, those uh, outside scholarships are between one and five thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, no, you don't need to repay them. You don't need to do anything like. But right, it's a scholarship. Students, it's, a, it's a grant. It's a scholarship. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, the amount of um, students that are awarded the scholarships are very limited. Of course. So where so where do you there's come in? Into, so where do you come in into this equation? Because there's a lot of scholarships. There's a lot of students, and there's a lot of big mishmash balagan on matching them. <laughs> Right, exactly, and that's exactly what. We did I catch? Did I catch the problem right? You caught, you caught the problem precisely. Okay. The thing is that finding all the scholarships with all the requirements and all the uh, the eligibility tools they have, just going to them, it's a full time job. Right. No student can do that. Right. Um, of course. And on top of that, if you go to the easy scholarships like the no essay ones or the ones with very easy. There's tens of thousands of students that apply to them. So a huge amount of competition, and they maybe are worth five of them. Right. That's, that's kind of the problem. What we have done is we built, like we mapped all those kinds of scholarships right, with all the requirements, eligibility, and so on. And when the student comes to us, we build a profile of the student, and we uh, match uh, the students with all the scholarships um, that the student is eligible to. Now, they still need to do some of the work. They still need to write an essay. They still need to do... Right, of know, course. Maybe record a video and so on. But given the data we have, we will show him and recommend the student the scholarship that he has the highest chance of winning. So you ask the student, hey, give us a little bit of an... Uh, who are you? What are your interests? What are your passions? Tell us everything you can tell us. And then we will... We know of the 10,000 possible scholarships and we know what they're looking for. So we can give you the top 10 so that you don't have to go to the other 990, right? Or the 9,000. Exactly. Okay. But we go the extra mile here because other than knowing the, the 10,000 or what, tens of thousands of scholarships, right? we also have um, you know, millions of students on the platform. So we know how many other students are eligible for each scholarship. Okay. So the, the narrow rules the higher the chances that you will win. Right. Which means that if you invest the same 20 minutes into writing an essay on a scholarship that has 10,000 applicants, versus a scholarship that has 100. So, the, so David, it's like Waze, right? You know that there is a lot of traffic in one lane, you go to the other, and this works well because you worked for Waze. So, I, so now, I see where you, now I see where you got, yes. where you got the inspiration. Definitely, it's, it's, it's Waze for scholarship. You I know, love it. I'm trying to show you the... Actually, that's our slogan, right? It's the fastest out to scholarships. <laughs> okay, I see. 
I can come work for you. Exactly that. All right. You're welcome. David, uh, Future Minds, talk to me about that. That's your newest I, venture. I touch, like, just before we go to Future Minds, uh, Scholarship Owl is our student site. Yeah. And last year we launched Scholarship App, which is our um, brand and uh, organization site, which is basically a CRM and a CMS that helps organizations to offer scholarships easily, basically to manage the scholarship itself, manage the applicants, manage the... Right. Well, the winners and so on. Right. And we offer the scholarship app completely for free. Okay. Um, with the intention to make the private scholarship space as transparent and trustworthy as possible. Uh, so basically, like any any organization or company can uh, come over and within 15 minutes publish a scholarship and offer it, basically increasing the amount of supply of scholarships to the demand from the students. So basically, we connect the two sides. Okay. And Amazing. our mission as a company is to make private scholarships a viable alternative to student loans. Yeah. So a student goes to our platform and if for now doesn't replace the student loans completely, at least takes a substantial bite out of student loans and owes a lot less. But David, what is the how is the market balanced? So how many students... So every year... How many? How much money do students need in scholarships, and how much money is available through the ten thousand possible scholarships? Is it about the same amount, or because in my mind, you, I would imagine there is a huge disparity. So, some of the students we work with have won tens of thousands of dollars just in private scholarships, and uh, some of the advisors we worked with got hundreds of thousands of dollars in private scholarships. Mm-hmm. The majority of students get. Nothing, even at all. Yeah. And that disparity is exactly because of that, because it's so hard to, to know what to apply to. If you have a good system and you know what you're doing, you will win uh, scholarships. Okay. But And obviously, every system, amount helps. It doesn't even have to be even. I, I don't need the full ride, but even just getting me there substantially reduces the stress, the anxiety, but also you know the confidence that I need to go and get my academic education. We like to think of it that, that way. $1,000 in scholarships was worth $1,500 in uh, student loans. Makes sense. Because that, that, and that's, I guess, mainly looking at the interest, right? It's not just the interest. It's, well, first, you, you anyway need to invest the work, right? If you write right. a scholarship, you need to invest. It becomes front-loaded. You need to invest the work at the beginning. Right. If you go the student loan out, you need to pay it later with interest, with right. when you're in a different place in your life. Yeah. Basically, you know, you start uh, paying your student loans, well, depends on many conditions, but basically half a year after you graduate. Sure. Or if you drop out, which, uh, and the statistics of dropping out are pretty awful, right? Okay. Uh, uh, and in fact, 41% of the students that drop out are dropping out because of financial reasons. Wow, that's insane. No, but David, and I, but I do want to add also in my mind, I can see the viability of the of the psychological aspect of it. You're getting a scholarship as as for any amount, whether it's a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars. That vote of confidence that somebody's giving you and saying, "I believe in you. Go and get your education." I think that has some impact. But we, but I can't believe we we only have about five minutes left, and we have to do future minds. And I want to talk about the fact that you're completely remote, which in the age of COVID and the new 2020, it's so relevant. Uh, but first, Future Minds. Tell me what, what this is about. So, 
you mentioned COVID. Um, this week we launched Future Minds Fund, mm-hmm. which is uh, based on the infrastructure and the, and the products we already have. It's a, uh, it's a non-profit organization, which is uh, made to help students that were impacted by COVID-19 finish their education. We believe that if the students that will drop out because of COVID won't finish their education, we won't have professionals tomorrow to build the world. We won't have the future researchers to, to you know, cure the next pandemic. Right. Uh, and we have to save this generation because the students of 2020 were hurt the most in 20 years. Like, it's the impact that, the, that this pandemic had on the students is bigger than on many other uh, areas of life. Right. Um, and Future Minds Fund is built in a way that we, uh, through our platforms, uh, students can apply to those scholarships basically launched. We began by launching three scholarships ourselves, which were targeted at students that lost their income while studying. So if you had a side job right. or things like that, and you lost it, and you cannot finish your studies because of that. Right. Um, as students that had to rearrange their whole um, living situation because they needed to now study from home. Right. You know, you used to study in the library or in the... Uh, now you need a desk. You, you, need, you need a chair. You need a desk. You, you need, need a... Desk. Yeah. You need a chair. You need a laptop. You need maybe some books. There's a lot of things you need which you didn't count for. Sure. And like you said, $400 can be a lot of money. Sure. And now suddenly you need to set up the whole toilet. So uh, we launched three scholarships by ourselves. Basically, the scholarships that are targeted at uh, helping students that lost their side income during the studies, um, because many of uh, the students are dependent on side income. And you had 6,000 applicants, right? And we had over 6,000 applicants wow. one weekend alone. One weekend. So we saw... And these are of students that were impacted by COVID and they need assistance to complete their studies. This is not just any random only, person. Only COVID. Crazy. Like the scholarships we launched are only... COVID-19 related. So, so where is this headed? Can other organizations come and also so, provide scholarships? After, like, after we saw the demand, which was way bigger than we anticipated, we reached out to a few uh, other organizations in the higher education space to help us out. In that way, we've been able to award 19 scholarships. Wow. Ourselves. But when we saw the potential of that, we decided to open it to the general public. Yeah. Um, and... We'll launch a nonprofit organization and uh, a fund dedicated to that, on which anybody basically can um, go to our website, see the story of each student uh, separately, like how he was impacted, what happened. And then it's like so, a GoFundMe where they can sponsor a student. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. And then you're creating the personal it's attachment. A, it's yeah. a public uh, funding campaign for students. I love it. David, uh, very inspiring. Is this, do you see this? specific for COVID and that's it? Do you see this on the long term as a way for students to share their story and get and get assistance for education? Where do you see this going? I mean, uh, our immediate goal was to help the students to be impacted now, but I don't see why that wouldn't become a more permanent thing. Right. You know, uh, helping different causes and different helping students impacted by different uh, um, situations or conditions that are happening uh, I love it. in the U.S., yeah, David. Uh, very quickly, how long have have you been with Scholarship Owl, or has the company been living as a whole? Um, I've been with the Scholarship Owl since two thousand fifteen. And and I how many know. how many people are in it? We're now thirty five people. Thirty five people, and everybody's remote, right? 
The only mode, as I like to say, was sped from Vegas to Bali. I love it. Okay, so David, we're going to have to do another episode, which will be featured a few months from now, where we only talk about this remote thing, because I think that is just as relevant to uh, to this whole new 2020. And I need to learn how to start working uh, full-time remote, because uh, I think we all have to learn that now. Uh, I, I think that the COVID has basically accelerated the remote uh, workspace. By, by years, yes. one year. Un, un, unbelievable. Uh, David, right before we leave, I need three words that you would best describe yourself. And I'm going to ask you the same question in a few months when we do the next episode. So make sure to be consistent. <laughs> I will watch the recording to remember, right? <laughs> three words that I describe my, myself. Um, ginger. <laughs> committed. And... Um, and curious. <laughs> I love it. Gingy, committed and curious. Right. Beautiful. David, thank you very much. Uh, and best of luck with scholarship, Al. I, I really hope you get to help these thousands of, of, uh, of students now during COVID. And, and thank you for the work that you're doing for the millions of others uh, that need assistance on a yearly basis going into college. Um, I think you're doing a great, great service to, to all of them. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. See you in a few months.